G'day and welcome to the Fly Fisher Podcast. Since 1967, we've been spreading the bug of fly fishing. Join us as we celebrate the fun of fly fishing and chat with characters that enjoy it as much as we do. Whether you're just starting out or have some experience, we hope our ego-free commentary helps demystify fly fishing and inspires you to visit new places and try new techniques. Three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to Behind the Counter. We almost tossed a coin to see who was going to do the intro. <laughs> Three-sided coin. Yeah, let's count you in, Peter. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to Behind the Counter. This is our first Behind the Counter episode in a month or so. And yeah, we've had, been busy. Yeah, we've been busy. and that Lazy. Will be lazy but busy. Like, we've got an, we've got. Excuses. Personally, I've been busy, but you guys have just been a bit lazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. Turn them up. You've been just holidaying and like... I don't know. You've hardly been here, mate. <laughs> That's Peter, not me. I've been here every day. <laughs> uh, so what's been happening? Mate, it's good to have you back. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Did you miss me? That's uh, questionable, isn't it? Uh, well, don't we'll, ask we'll, questions you don't want yeah. the answer to. <laughs> we'll be nice. We'll say yes. <laughs> yes. We missed you. It's, it uh, is hard job pressing that big red yeah. button. Yeah. The, pod, the podcast airwaves really missed you. Um, but yeah, no, plenty happening. Yeah, the call to fly fishing expo was huge. That was great. What a day that was, hey? That was a lot of fun too. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, we had a, well over a couple of hundred people um, in the store. We did a giveaway, $250 giveaway. We did? Yeah. Who uh, won that in the end? Uh, a woman won it. I can't remember her name, but um, she was very happy to receive a $250 yeah. gift card for the store. Um, lots of fun and games. We had, um, uh, what did we do, those show bags? Yeah, we had those fly tying show bags with a fly stream manual, a heap of stickers, and a heap of fly tying gear. Ten dollars, and they just—I uh, think we had fifty of them. And I think we brought about eight home. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a, a really good roll up um, to the Calder Fly Fishing Expo, and you know, pat on the back to those guys at Calder. They did a, a sensational job at organising it and putting it all together. It was just a, a bloody good event. But yeah, we we loaded up the the two Land Cruisers, Roscoe, filled it to the brim with gear, and There's nothing more we could get in there. There wasn't much, you know, to bring home. No, there wasn't. <laughs> it was great. It was amazing. I think we'd gone to them, we'd made a bit of a fly store in Woodend, um, and people that had been looking at quality gear but couldn't get their hands on it, they got their hands on it, liked it, and, and bought it. Yeah, and a lot of newbies and and guys that were, were maybe just sitting on the fence as to whether fly fishing was for them, and and of course they rolled up and were exposed to it and I think uh, had a really good experience. And, um, yeah, look, those guys out at Calder, you know, they, they've they got to be one of the most active clubs, don't they? Like yeah, they're they, doing a fantastic job. They get to get to work, which is great. Um, but, yeah, hopefully events like that keep happening, you know. Yeah. Like, I just think there's been a, a huge hole uh, in, in not necessarily the market but just in fly fishing and the community of fly fishing in general – um, because we, we need a gathering like that. You know, I think the, the Fly Fishing Film Festival was maybe the event that did bring all the fly fishers together in the past. Um, and, you know, but if we could have a, a big fly fishing show like the Call to Fly Fishing Expo every year, that'd just be sensational, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, we could get the Council of Victorian Fly Fishers or all of the clubs could get together and, and do something really big. And I think it yeah. would be well received. Um, yeah, I, 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 could, I saw the success of this one in Wood End. Yeah. Uh, I think it could be very big. And we're talking Wood End. Like, it's a bit of a hike <laughs> for a lot of people to get out there. And a lot of familiar faces, a lot of uh, friends of the store, they came up there, made the drive. It was great to see. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of people drove a fairly long distance to, to be there. And I think, you know, through the doors, they had more than 600 people go through it for the day. So, we're talking pretty big numbers of people. Yeah, we are. I think they ran out of raffle tickets at like 600. So they actually have no idea, but <laughs> they all went. Yeah. There was some great raffle prizes too. The things, rods, reels, bamboo rods, so much stuff got given away. It was incredible. There was, yeah. I can't believe how much it draws new people to the sport. Like going yeah. to an expo is so accessible. It costs zero dollars. It was a free, little, free event. Free event, yeah, yeah free to event. go there. Yeah. And it just, you can look at everything, you can pick stuff up, you can look, have a cast of a rod. Talk it, to people. Talk to people, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a few guides there and, um, yeah, no, it was, it was awesome actually. Yeah. And but even for more experienced people too, it's a learning experience. Like you're always mm. learning new stuff oh, and connecting yeah. with new people, making new connections. Mm. 
and you know, like I think overall there, there were a few exhibitors, um, but not a huge number. And I, I'd love to see that grow. You know, I think the more exhibitors, the the bigger it, it will be. So um, the more the merrier, hopefully for next year. And um, and well, you know, assuming they do it again, which we we sincerely hope that they do, and any help that we might be able to uh, put, put their way, well, we will to to try and get the thing off the ground because it was a, a bloody good event that should uh, should continue. We actually uh, caught up with the the bloke that was uh, largely responsible for organising the Call to Fly Fishing Expo, uh, Dusan Ivanovic, and um, we'll cut over to him now just to tell us a bit more about the expo and the organisation of it. All right, so we're at the Calder Fly Fishing Expo. I'm joined here by Dusan Ivanovic, the Calder Fly Fishing Association treasurer. Mate, you've done a, an unbelievable job at putting this together. Um, tell me, Just maybe tell our listeners what it's all about. Why do it? Yeah, look, um, the community gives a lot to the club and the club wanted to give something back to the community. Um, and we wanted to bring together uh, a bunch of fine working specimens like yourself <laughs> across um, Victoria and other states as well to uh, not only represent fly fishing, but represent yourselves um, and to obviously um, you know, put your names out there if it wasn't already out there to introduce the sport to... Um, you know, hopefully the next generation of um, fly fishers, which is what we aim for as a club. Yep. And um, yeah, it's the second time that we've done this now and it was an amazing day, an absolutely amazing day. We had families come through, young and old, kids casting over there. A lot of women gained a lot of interest today as well, which is what we've been trying to also sort of push from a diversity perspective. Yep. And um, yeah, look, um, we, we thank yourselves and all the other groups for the support that we've had. And has it exceeded day. your expectations? Uh, above and beyond and um, you know the, the committee um, have been working on this for a number of months now and it's just amazing to see it all come together and actually um, you know come to fruition and, and yeah. it makes it all worth it right so yeah well I think I speak for everyone that's come today you know it has been just so much fun you know like you've you've brought the fly fishing community together in a way that no one else has for so long and you know hats off to you because it's been just a bloody good day mate you know like for a Sunday what else would you want to be doing be on the water but other than that um, <laughs> there's only one thing that's and that's fishing that's yeah. it just fishing um, look look we look look forward to hosting this again in the future when that will be we'll probably need about another five years of a break before we host it again but uh um, five years no next year it has to be uh, next year mate there's a lot of work that goes into it. i don't know how people do this every week or every year sorry um for, for major events but um from our perspective, we'll um, we'll see what we can do next year. But yeah, we'll definitely look to collaborate with you guys again in the future. And we thank you for all the support over the years because it's our tenth year anniversary as well this year. So that was another thing that we wanted to celebrate um, this year. But we didn't want didn't want to be the main focus. So, um, mate, it's a it's a team effort, and your club, you know, is just such a great club. You're still what is it, ten years on now that it's been going. 10 years going on, and uh, we've got a firm set of members that um, contribute tremendously um, throughout the year, uh, whether it be for the committee or whether it be through our barbecues and all that sort of other fundraising um, activities. But um, yeah, look, we're always looking to grow. Um, any members that are in the Macedon region or even further than that, we have some members from Fertry Gully as an example that, that happen to come down because he loves being around the club so much. Um, if you're looking for a club, a young club, an enthusiastic club that's always looking to um, grow and get out on the water and teach the next generation, and the call does your team. A hundred percent. You know, like as far as fly fishing clubs go, you guys have got the best. So, um, you know, congratulations to you. And um, it's been just such a great show, mate. Hats off. It's worth all the effort. You know, like I think with everyone coming through, they've all had a great time. So well done. No worries. Thanks again, mate. And thank you to the committee again. And um, the president, Chris, Simon, Andrew, all the guys that um, contributed. Uh, thank you again. It's a champion team. Cheers. Cheers. There's a few events now in the calendar. Yeah. Um, we had um, uh, Jeff Pierce, didn't we, in on We the did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Pierce from Sign to Big Anglers. Um, I, I, I've known Jeff for quite a while, having met him over at some of the trade shows in the US early days, and um, he's been a big part of the Scientific Anglers program uh, for a long time, and it was just great to have him back in Melbourne, and, uh, it, you know, he, he, he came into the store with how many lines? It was like more than 100 fly lines. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a lot. <laughs> it was like every, pretty much every line that we sell in every weight pretty much from 3 to 10, I think. Yeah. So yeah, it was a lot. It was those Orvis carry it all bags. 
I think he had 40 reels in each bag. And those bags, <laughs> okay, to hold that many reels is incredible. It is, yeah. So great opportunity for our customers to come in and, and try the, the full range of scientific anglers' lines. Uh, we had a, a barbie, you know, Dan, uh, Dan, our rod builder, did a great job at cooking up the snags. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, thanks, Dan. <laughs> that was good. They were delicious. And, um, yeah, it was just a, a good day had by all. Plenty of people rolled in and, um, you know, we did actually get to sit Jeff down and record a podcast during that day as well. It was a bit of a struggle to, you know, tear him away from the shop floor when everyone was wanting to chat to him, but we did. And yeah. <laughs> um, so those that did, couldn't make the day, they um, you know, able to listen to the, the latest podcast with, with Jeff Pierce. So I'd, I'd highly recommend that you tune into that one. It's a good, uh, a good episode. It yeah, it's a cracker. So good to see people actually come down and bring a rod that they maybe had been struggling with, but it was an expensive rod, and to actually try three or four different lines. I mean, we pretty they told us what the rod was. I mean, we know if it was slow, fast, medium action. We kind of knew what line could pair well with it, and we gave them two options, and that it just they were like it had gone from their worst rod in their quiver to their best rod. It was amazing to see a lot of that. Absolutely, and you know, I, I know sitting down with Jeff, even I learned a few things about about scientific angle lines that I didn't already know. So, and of course, it's all covered in that that podcast. But Jeff, uh, if you are listening, mate, thank you so much for your visit, and um, it was great to catch up. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. How about the fishing? Yeah, <laughs> local fishing, local fishing. It's been pretty good despite all the rain. That's been amazing despite all the rain. I seriously yeah. haven't seen so many big fish on Instagram, talked about in the shore, in the store, from clubs, being in, in club uh, group chats as well. I've never seen so many big fish in early season. Have you? No, never. No. And, I, and I, you know, that's, yeah, I've, I've been doing this a while now and, and I've, I've always felt I was pretty across what was happening out there, but um, it's incredible just mm. how many big fish there are. Max, in your lifetime, in your 87 years <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> no, you have you ever seen fishing like this? 78, not 87. No, look, it's uh, three years of... Uh, you were born you know, in 1978, to that's, be clear. That's the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, three years of good rain, coolish, you know, cloudy summers. I mean, the fish have thrived. Mm. And they just put on, they just put on condition very, very quickly. And uh, this season in particular, I mean, uh, you know, what I've seen out there, the fish are fat and healthy and, you know, just ready to be caught. Yeah, bloody oath. Um, the the one that I saw some images of uh, yesterday um, when Erhan Sinner was in yeah. um, Guide with Wilderness Fly Fishing, he, uh, he and, and Adam, his mate Adam, they had some photos of some big fish that had come out of uh, Lake Yukonbeen recently by trollers. Um, but inevitably they'll be caught by fly fishermen as well, and they are big. And they had that one out of the lake, the river as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. massive rainbow. Yeah. Estimated at fifteen. I don't know if you yeah. can say that, but it was it was close <laughs> to. It was yeah. pretty close to. Yeah, I'm not sure who the guy on the rod was, but Stuart Dick was the guy on the net, and he's he's written a few things for us at uh, at Flystream. But a big, big rainbow out in out you can be in river. So, I mean, geez, that's uh, New Zealand quality, and oh, yeah. on mainland yeah. Australia, it's pretty hard to beat, and it's significant. It's not like it comes around every every day. Oh, mate, you normally hear one, two fish a year going over that 10 pound mark whether it be the lakes you don't hear about it in the rivers and that's it's a stocky and that for us to hear multiple people catching fish mm. over 10 pound mark in the rivers and the lakes it's it's, it's unheard of moorable's been pumping out some big fish too as well that's certainly has like, yeah. yeah i remember there was one 10 pound a quarter while ago and ever since then it, they've just been popping up everywhere it's crazy yeah there was like a two-week period there wasn't there where yeah. it was like oh another one another one another yeah. one what the everyone's catching them now yeah and but also a lot of smaller fish too like the quantity mm. of fish you can catch there as well forbes he headed up there a couple of days ago and he reckons he didn't even stop to take a photo. The fishing was that good. Yeah, and right. It's very rarely like that on yeah. the lakes. Um, he loses his count at three, though. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He probably caught four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, big numbers of fish. It has fairly recently been stocked, and I think that's probably displaced a lot of those bigger fish that were around the edges. So I think the big fish have maybe slowed down a little bit, um, but that'll come back. You know, once uh, once they stop fighting or jostling for position within the lake i think it'll um it'll really start to fire again so yeah I, I, a look. we're getting a lot in the store hey have you been fishing or where have you been no how can you fish in this weather it, it's 
I think there's a bit of a misconception that rain or dirty water means you can't fish. Yeah. But the guys out there, mm. they're killing it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're right, Roscoe. Like, I, yeah. I th- and it, it's maybe an experience thing. Like, the guys that do seem to be out there, they, they know the opportunities to be had with rising water um, and they're making the most of it. But, yeah, to the, the less initiated, I think they're, they're probably a bit intimidated by yeah, all the water and the, the extra water between fish. And, um, yeah, but get out there because the fish are moving and they love water. <laughs> yeah. On a fisher's point of view too, I mean, these have been stable conditions. In are you speaking on behalf of the fish? Yes, I am. I spoke to several the other day. And I said, Mr. Trout, what do you think about these? Said, We're really enjoying this. This is lovely. It's a bit wet though. <laughs> But uh, it, it's like a new normal for the fish as well in the sense that the rivers have been high for so long and they've got to be out and about feeding and their habits basically, they may change a little bit, but they are they, they have to feed um, or they die. So Yeah, and they haven't forgotten how to rise either. They you know, haven't. I think like the time of year, obviously something just goes, mm. you know, like snap of the fingers if that didn't come through, but that, that they just c- click into that gear of, oh, you know, now I've got to start eating stuff off the top as, as well as down below. So Absolutely. there's some good opportunities for sure. So yeah. Go on, Peter, sorry. Like we had a cracking day on the Mayfly the other week and it was horrible conditions. It was yeah. like, yeah. you know, probably good Mayfly weather, but if you looked outside, you wouldn't want to, you know, yeah. you wouldn't want to leave the cosy, cosy Side, fireplace. Sideways, sideways rain. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of, of fishing in big wind, but uh, no. you know, if, if there's precipitation, that doesn't worry me in yeah. the slightest. Yeah, definitely. That's why we've got all the good wet weather gear. There's no bad weather, it's just bad clothing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've got some sales, some new exciting sales, don't we? Yeah, so flyweight waders, which are like probably one of the best lightweight waders on the market. They're, down they're, there. they're the best lightweight They are the best. Yeah. They are the only one to feature Gore-Tex, so you'd have to yeah. argue that they're the, the best, the most breathable, most comfortable, yeah. I would say. Yeah, yeah I've been in them the for a couple of years. They are the craziest, most comfortable waders I've ever owned. And that hex grid system's on the front too. If you don't want to carry a pack, you can add all those flyweight accessories on there as well and make it super customizable. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an area, that lightweight area of, uh, of gear has really exploded in, in recent times. And, you know, if you're maybe jumping on a mountain bike to ride into a water, that's where I reckon that lightweight gear would just be absolutely sensational. Yeah, I think we sold a lot of them when they first came out to guys backpacking or cycle packing into, um, you know, into the high country. Um, but, yeah, down from 1000 bucks to six fifty. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've got a fairly good stock of them. We did, yeah. Yeah, we've got most sizes. Cleaned out our friends at Manic Tackle Project when we heard that they were going to be no longer stocking them. So uh, grab yourself a bargain while you can. But, yeah, good size range. The the best lightweight waiter you can buy. Jump on it. I mean, it's crazy value. Like (laughs) $1,000 waiters is 650 bucks. Yeah. they Look, we don't get those sorts of, uh, you know, specials every week. But when we do, they're good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, So CNF... Fly boxes, as we know, CNFs release their new range of the universal system. So we're now clearing out the old range without the interchangeable foams. So the saltwater boxes were seventy nine ninety five, and they're down to forty nine. Yeah, and they are the best waterproof box on the market. That uh, thirty five hundred, the blue one. Yeah, that's the, bone, um, the bonefish box. No, oh, no, it's, it's no, the tarpon box. Yeah, box. Yeah, they the call it the tarpon, box. but you can put in both small flies and big flies because the, the, the slots run from top to bottom. So it's a better use of space rather than being confined to rows. So that's been my preferred saltwater yeah, box. And the forever. foam's tight. I think that's the best <laughs> way to describe the foam. It holds your hooks. It does, yeah. Like, and it doesn't wear out either, which is really important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it sound weird when you say tight? like you know a tight line um yeah (laughs) anyway yeah moving on um and uh so yeah cnf saltwater boxes we've got two styles in those in particular uh the permit box and the tarpon um so yeah uh jump on board those while stocks last but they won't so be quick yeah (laughs) yeah um fishing reports andrew you've been to weeper well, it's pretty like it has been a while since we've sat down and recorded one of these, so we've all got some pretty pretty cool stuff to tell, don't we? Yeah, we you do. Know, little adventures that have kept the fly fishing spirit alive. Um, but yeah, I had uh, what? Well, it I thought it would probably be a once in a lifetime trip, but it 
in reflection, it's not going to be. I have to go back. But Weeper. So um, went uh, to, to Weeper and jumped on a liverboard out of Weeper and uh, we headed south. And, um, man, the fishing was just incredible from start to finish. We had great weather. Um, you know, looking at the weather map, I thought we were going to be in for a fair bit of wind. Uh, but no, it was pretty stable in the mornings. Wind tended to pick up a little bit in the afternoons, but you, you were able to sort of adjust your, your fishing method, you know, around that. Um, a shitload of barramundi, like more barramundi than you, you could ever catch. <laughs> you got, we got sick of targeting them, really. Um, but they were good fish as well, nice and big, and um, yeah, they, they, they are a, a bloody good, fun fish. The fact that they jump, fast. The fact you can sight fish for them um, was sensational. Uh, we did spend a bit of time on the flats as well. Um, you lost a big permit. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'll <I'd> remind you <laughs> and everyone else. Yeah, I know. I've almost, like, blocked that out, actually. <laughs> I've sort of, yeah. It, 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 I've, yeah. Thanks. Is that the onions um, or do you um, need a tissue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gutted. Um, probably had it on for a few minutes, I reckon, and then the fly just fell out. But uh, we only saw a pair of permit for the whole trip and uh, got the fly in front of one on the second cast. So it wasn't my, my first cast, it was just a little bit too distant. Um, and, yeah, it hooked up. Uh, got the line clear onto the reel, and then the fly just fell out. So you'd think with a rubber-mouthed fish, the fly would stay in, and uh, it didn't. So I'm left to, you know, Crying. have nightmares about that <laughs> every night since. That's why you've got to go back. That is why I've got to go back. Yeah, I think that, that permit itch, because they are just such a bastard of a fish, um, gets under your skin and you just got to scratch yeah. it, you know. Um, so yeah, I'll be back. But the, the that place is just world class. Like it's so remote. It's just so the scenery is absolutely spectacular. It's you know the the, the red cliffs everywhere and uh, the, the sheer quantity of fish and variety of fish is is like nowhere else. Um, so yeah, it's it's as good as it gets. We're lucky to have it in Australia. Yes, it's expensive. Just pay the money and do it. It's it's a you know, it is an unbelievable place to go. And and I think anyone that that goes considers themselves very very fortunate. Definitely. And Maxi, for a bit of contrast, you've been doing some trout fishing in the rivers. Yes, not nothing quite as exotic as uh, Andrew's trip, but uh, a lot of fun. So last Thursday, Friday, found a bit of a gap in, in the diaries, and uh, we headed out to to the bright area. It was quite relaxed, easy fishing in the sense that, um, you know, there, was, there wasn't a lot of pressure. You, we'd, we'd jump in the water and catch a few fish right away, pressure off. So it was just a matter of uh, cruising the banks, finding quiet water. Uh, the fish were concentrated in uh, little pockets. I think I, I wrote a blog about this in Flystream, so if you guys want to jump on and have a bit of a read for a bit more detail. That's flystream.com. Flystream.com, <laughs> <laughs> and um, most of the river was actually unfishable. You couldn't wade it. Uh, it was running very, very fast. So it was a matter of finding the quietest water possible and allowing your fly to drift as slow as possible. And if you did that, and it would only be a rod length out or two rod lengths out, generally speaking, a trout would take either the nymph or the dry, mainly the nymph. Uh, but we were also fortunate to have a, a wonderful termite hatch towards evening fishing a uh, little anabranch that we found and the fish started to rise very, very happily. Firstly to um, to the raw wolves that we were using <laughs> as indicator flies, which I thought, oh my God, I cannot believe. Matching the hatch. There is yeah. a, <laughs> there's a termite hatch and they get, the fish get so particular about what, what they're eating. Um, basically, they get, you know, they're very, uh, very selective. But they were smashing uh, the wolf and then they went straight off the wolf and were not interested. And if you didn't have a matching um, small ant pattern, uh, they just wouldn't touch it. Those termite hatches are so exciting. Like, mm. And they're pretty frequent too. Like they they're are. pretty predictable. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, 
Are they predictable? No, I no hatch is predictable, oh. but I think they're a bit more frequent than, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, I've, not predictable, but I've frequent. been on Devil Bend where the termites, you know, you could almost walk across them. Is there a fish eating them? No, there's nothing <laughs> going on. That's, that's where you, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there can be just thousands of them and nothing is moving, but then all of a sudden, if you're patient, the fish switch onto them. That's where the, whether the insect, the termite, the spinner, where it might be, actually starts sitting on the water start laying eggs or whatever it might be and bang all of a sudden if you've walked away from the river too early you're going to miss out on some great fishing the they're, other, they're a fly that you've got to have in your box that's what i'm pointing yeah, out like, and it, how many people have we had come in the shop that have been caught out by that like yeah oh you know i was fishing and then all of a sudden you know fish start rising to these things what are they yeah, like, four winged things what are these Dude, four that's a termite yeah, yeah. <laughs> The other interesting thing is that uh, we tried fishing um, a lot lower down than you would normally fish in summer <coughs> for trout on, um, <coughs> me, on the Ovens River. So we, we fished low down where the river is bigger, but we noticed that uh, there were some really soft edges along the banks. Pay attention, listeners. Yes. That's a Max Caruso secret given away it just is, there. It is a secret. <laughs> he <laughs> does not give them away lightly. <laughs> this is so hard to find. When you cross that big bridge, it's <laughs> top secret. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think that, that's, you know, a very good point, Max. Everyone thinks after rain, upper reaches, clearer water, um, and maybe discounts those lower sections. So it's, um, yeah, maybe definitely in contrast to what many p- people think. Absolutely. So the first few metres off the banks were actually clear enough. There was enough clarity. You could just see the bottom. So it was about a metre of depth. And if you ran a nymph uh, approximately at that depth or a little bit more, um, the fish were there to be caught. But it's also indicative of um, early season and late season fishing in those sort of rivers. So in summer, obviously, we want to tend to be fishing as high up as possible where there's more canopy, more forest, cooler, cooler water. But it doesn't mean that the span of trout is actually quite, you know, quite uh, substantial, and they will um, inhabit parts of the river that you think, oh, this isn't necessarily the best trout water. But uh, early season, late season, when the water is cool, um, they're definitely worth uh, worth a look. Cool. And often you can have some bigger fish lurking down there as well. Yeah. So a bit of rain since then, and maybe blown out for a few days. Um, but you know, it'll pretty quickly subside that water won't it absolutely it'll, it'll come down pretty quickly so give it a few this weekend may be okay i'd still head out if i if i had planned to which i have <laughs> 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 but um just uh, look look for those quieter sections and there's always sections where there's a bit of visibility and it'd been a little while since you'd last had a trout fish max yeah been how'd a it bit feel of, it felt really good i yeah, came back born again s- born again so invigorated <laughs> i had so much energy even though after most fishing trips you're feeling a little bit weary i was the complete opposite i was jumping out of my skin great man yeah so the, the mountain air and look it's just so beautiful up there at the moment mm. i mean it's never looked better i mean i shouldn't say that but it hasn't looked so good for a long long time there are little spring creeks that are just you know coming out of nowhere and you know, insect life and everything's blooming. It's just absolutely fantastic. It's great to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it, though? Um, and, Roscoe, mate, you've been in the bay? I have, yeah. I've done a few. I've been fishing everywhere, but, yeah, I've done, oh, I don't know, a fair few hours trying to catch a fairly decent snapper on the fly. Um, not. We went out this weekend. Uh, didn't do as well as the weekend before. Weekend before we did uh, a Saturday afternoon after the Jeff Pierce event here, um, straight out into the bay, uh, caught over and then uh, came back for a few beers, a few hours sleep, and then straight back first thing in the morning. And I think between two of us, we had sixty flathead and twelve snapper. Mate, that was unbelievable. Yeah, and a lot of fish lost. I think I lost my biggest snapper ever. Um, just one of those things. Hooked up, massive take. They hit so hard. They almost ripped the rod out of your hand. Even the tiny ones do. Yeah, they just hit these flies incredibly hard. Um, and then this this crazy head knock. They fight so different to anything else you've ever fished for. It's just like a 
bang, 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 constantly on They're the end crazy, of the rods. crazy, those head knocks. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I felt the head knocks, probably had it on for maybe a minute, and I was as I was stripping in, I didn't want to give it any line. I was excited to see what it was. I knew it was a snapper, and it had pulled so hard that it literally ripped the line out of my hands, uh, got a bit of slack line, managed to get it back onto the reel, felt the weight of the fish. As I went to lean into the fish, it was gone. I was absolutely gutted. So you let go of the line. I, I yeah did it ripped it yeah I did completely let go of the line I was trying to hand line it in trying to strip it in um, probably should have got it to the reel um, but trying to pull it in couldn't hold it tight it slipped out of my hands and the line it just took line and, and got enough slack and spat the hook did you learn anything I learned heaps yeah <laughs> should have got it on the reel it should have not stripped it in um, but yeah should have got it onto the reel quicker um, but yeah biggest one we took a few home biggest was about forty four. Uh, maybe a kilo and a half. Yeah, nice. Um, so, yeah, a couple of good fish. Um, and we probably took maybe four flathead as well out of the 60 that we caught. So and no, this is good. with uh, fly fishing extraordinaire Harrison? Yeah, Harrison that's been on the Lions podcast. Um, he's done a fair bit of saltwater fishing up north. Um, and he loves it. He, he's, he's been bagging me all this week. Can we do an early? Can we do a late? Can we? <laughs> I'm like, mate, I'm away next week, so it's going to be hard. <laughs> when I get back, we'll do an early morning or something. So he's frothing. I think we can see that. We're getting lots of little ones and they're slowly getting bigger. We're changing flies. We're experimenting. Um, we're trying to learn as we go because this information isn't really out there. Yeah. Um, no, that's right, mate. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know of anyone else that's been able to tap into it that successfully. Like, mm. we're talking snapper on fly here, guys. This yeah. is – it's a little bit, you know, of a – Almost myth, mythical, you're a pioneer, Ross. Yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know about it. There's definitely <laughs> our people out there doing it. There's a few guys down on the Bellarine Club that we do chat to and hear that are customers and friends. Um, there are guys out there doing it, um, but yeah, it's not it, the information on how to catch them is is not out there, and we had to find that out really. And um, we've got a talk on here on Thursday night, that, and I'm going to talk a little bit about how to present flies and how to get bites. So yeah, and I think that's the key really. Mm. Yeah. No, for sure. But fast-sinking fly lines, you're getting down to them. Is Absolutely. that sort of part you, of the key? Your fly's got to be on the bottom, and I think that's half the reason why um, we get so many flatheads because you're, you're dead. You're, you're on down. the bottom. Yeah. It's funny, though, you know, you, you have – your method or your technique on how you're going to catch them and then, you know, your moving spots, so you're reeling in and then mid-water, bang, you're on and, you know, there's a, it's a could be a flathead, you know. They, mm. they do follow your fly right up from the bottom, same with the snapper. Um, but, yeah, there is a few techniques to, to just tip the odds a little bit more in your favour. Yeah, cool. Now, that'll be great to chat about um, when we have the Northern Suburbs Fly Fishing Club visit us on Thursday evening. Yep. Um, so, yeah, look forward to, to hosting those guys. If you're a member out there, um, then please get along. Uh, it'll be from 5pm on Thursday, this Thursday. Yep. And Peter, you, we all, well, me, you and Andrew went to the lakes. You want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, so before I jetted off to Queensland, I went out to the lakes and had a fantastic day on the Mayfly. I was a bit rusty at the start. There's some half footage of that, of me struggling to present a fly decently to a fish. Oh, yeah, that's classic. <laughs> Every time I fish with you, I get some great footage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just get a GoPro and strap it to you so that we can, you know record your every move <laughs> your every dummy spit i know um <laughs> you know you, when we when i walked down or not downstream of you but when i walked away and then caught those two fish and walked up you could have easily caught five Stop. you just weren't in the zone <laughs> i know i started shaking at the knees um but it was a fantastic day they were taking dries but they were also taking nymphs so fishing a dry dropper and just you know putting it out where the fish are letting it sit there giving it a slow draw proved really really effective and that is a good good way to fish in a mayfly hatch. Yeah, I think when you rock up to a lake and you're seeing fish everywhere, moving yeah. around, tailing, rising, I don't know, it does something. You, mm. I don't know, it, the pressure's on and you, it you throws you. You, you yeah. throws you. You can fall. You know, you can think it's going to be the best fishing of your life, but if you're not in the zone, yeah, normally you can tie a blood knot in about one and a half seconds, but it takes ten minutes when yeah. they're rising yeah. in front of you. Yeah. yeah, I got my eye in though in the end, and oh yeah, we all do. Yeah. We we brand, we had a great yeah. day up there. It's fantastic. Calm down. <laughs> you caught a couple of fish. Well I done. Still caught more than you. <laughs> Again, 
<laughs> well, we put you in the honey hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, that was immediately after recording the podcast with Philip Weigel uh, on Mayfly Fishing specifically. And um, there was just a, a lot of gems of information there. And to then be able to action it, all those little tips that he gave us throughout recording that podast was just gold i reckon yeah and we saw it oh yeah we saw everything he said we saw it that day it was fantastic yeah no bloody good uh good day out but uh yeah that that podcast if you're targeting trout and the lakes at all uh, out west at the moment then definitely listen to that one that's a cracker um now some gear we want to talk about there's something that's been really really exciting me and that's the lamps and lightspeed marine coming out in a size six to eight like it's gonna be an amazing crossover reel because they are such light reels. Um, um, yeah, I mean, great for that's gonna be a good bonefish reel. Yeah, good bonefish reel, but also even a good trout lake reel because they're so bloody light and that fully waterproof, waterproof rated drag means that reel is gonna last a bloody long time. And one minute you can be fishing the Western Lakes in Victoria, you can be fishing the S, like the estuaries in Gippsland, and then be jetting up north for bonefish. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think if you're someone that likes to cross over a bit of brim fishing with your trout fishing on your six or seven weight, then uh, that will be the real. Totally immersion proof drag system. I think they're certified to like yeah, 30 I, metres yeah. or something. IPX8 or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. 30 metres sealed. Yeah. Which, you know, you're not going to have it 30 minutes down. It just basically means how tough it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that'll be a zero maintenance drag system and ideal for a crossover of salt and fresh because it's so light. They are unbelievably light. We've like they just blow my mind. They we, are. We've yeah. sold quite a lot of those. Um, and we sold one to a guy that fishes, what, more than anyone else. And he's managed to have a little bit of water ingress. But for the amount of reels that we sold, and this guy punishes his gear <laughs> to the next level, for him to have it over 12 months and to have an issue is, is unheard of. He's up in Darwin in crazy heat. And, and yeah, it's I think it, the, that reel lives underwater. <laughs> Yeah, most of its life, and yeah, no, they're they're so tough. They are, and of course, like all good gear, you got a lifetime warranty on those as well. And uh, yeah, no, they certainly are one of the better ones you can get. But I, I actually own a couple of these Lightspeed Marines and fished them up at Weeper. Um, I've got the eight and the ten, and you know the the thing is that when you're casting an eight weight or a ten weight for for barrel or permit all day every day, it's uh, it's heavy generally. Like, mm, you know, it's a absolutely. pretty heavy package to be casting and swinging that whole time. Um, but going a lightweight option like the Lightspeed Marine uh, ensures that you just don't get that fatigue. And the other toy that I got before my trip, which was unbelievable, is the Helios Blackout, the Orvis Helios Blackout 8-weight. Holy shit, that thing is good. Like... You know, after casting my, my Helios 10 weight uh, for, I guess, the majority of the trip, I, you know, decided to drop down to the 8 uh, for targeting a few barra. And it was like going from, a, you know, a 10 weight to a 4 weight. It just had the, the most, like, lightweight, um, uh, like, everything about it was just so light. The swing weight. The swing weight and on, it's crazy. Insane. Yeah. yeah. What did you think about the length? Like, obviously, it's half a foot short. Didn't notice. Didn't notice the weight? Didn't, Didn't notice. Length. Yeah. Like, and, you know, you thought you were casting 40 feet, but it, it, you're casting 60. You just can't, like, the, the rod's got that much power. You can't really gauge the distance. It's sort of, you know, it's wow. just, it just throws it. It's I in, can't wait to borrow it. <laughs> You play your cards right, Roscoe. Yeah. And you might be able to take it to Cocos. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, that 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 is a an, a phenomenal series of rods. That mm. blackout series of rods. They've um, never not made a good rod, though. Yeah, they? yeah. But if you're after an application specific fly rod um, and the very best, then definitely uh, consider those. Yeah, they, yeah. Is I cast one out in the lane behind the shop, and it was. I can count on the hand, my hand how many times I got a fly line to the backing and I did it like first cast. It was crazy. Mm. Like ridiculous how yeah. easy they are to cast. They are. Um, I, but it feels like a five-weight Yeah, I do want to mention something about gear. Since Max has got back, he has not shut up about his new Helios. Do you want to talk <laughs> about that? <laughs> um, look, they say they're the best rods uh, in the world at the moment and I think they are. You're going to have to get that sage tattoo removed from your chest. <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting the Orvis tattoo put above it. 
<laughs> love uh, heart around both. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, um, look, I mean, they just got it right in every way with those rods. They're accurate. Uh, they're uh, light. Um, yeah, they cast wonderfully accurately at short range, at long range and mid-range. They're an absolute delight. There isn't a cast that I didn't employ with that rod. You know, backhand roll cast, front, front roll casts, you know, long casts, short casts, you know, high casts trying to avoid, you know, veg- vegetation at the back. They, it, the rod just performed beautifully in every possible instance. This is like an Orvis podcast, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. But they're they killing it at the moment and really do have some great gear. I um, must admit, I've been fishing my Helios 6 weight a lot lately and then I've moved over to the Recon 8 uh, for the bay. Um, oh, I think I'm going to have to get Helios 8. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, there's a huge difference. Like when you're used to casting that and then you go over to a – like yeah. the Recon's nice, don't get me wrong. So you're getting an Orvis tattoo soon? I've already got one. Yeah? Yeah. Um, me and Peter went to the same place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, other tattoos, that new tattoos. What, 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 what have you been and done on the weekend, mate? Uh, I got a trout tattoo on my <laughs> upper, left, upper right peck. Yeah. Um, so why why get it in a position that only uh, the wonderful Chelsea can see? <laughs> For her eyes only. <laughs> yeah. No, I think mum and dad would have something to say if I got it tattooed across my forehead or something like <laughs> that Actually, or on my neck. We've got Josh here that's got it on his forearm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful what? trout tattooed on his forearm. I reckon on the knuckles, love, <laughs> love no, fish no. would be good. Love. Dry or die. <laughs> yeah. That's what Max should get, yeah. dry or die across the knuckles. Dry or die. Well, you could have had the Helios thing yeah. tattooed and, and yeah. just yeah. change it to Hellas. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your parents your parents would have approved. Uh, I might get it filled with the Orvis. Uh, just yeah. get Orvis in the middle of the trout and it'll look good. It could be pretty easily adjusted, mate, <laughs> yeah. looking at it. Um, all right, fly of the week. Uh, possum emerger. Oh. Just because it worked so well, but a looped wing possum emerge is fantastic. That is a good fly. Mm. Yeah. Seems to float well, sort of half nymph, half dry. You can see it well too. Yeah. Like it stands tall on the water. Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't important. think it's the most like photogenic fly. You don't look at it Definitely in a fly not. bin and go, no. oh, wow, that's a great looking fly. <laughs> I want to tie some of them up. But man, it fishes. Yeah. And um, this is weird because you don't really think about this with flies, but it's durable. Like it lasts, and especially when the mayfly hatch is thick and like you're catching fish after fish, you don't want to just be retying. That's a very they, valid point. Yeah, they last a long time. Yeah, yeah. And when you catch the quantity of fish you catch, oh shit! Yeah, like fly durability yeah. is a very strong consideration. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, um, big big fish do to sort out flies though. You know, like uh, both yeah. the material and the hook. Um, yeah, we straightened lots of hooks that day. Yeah, oh, I snapped a hook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, 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 look, I think it just does happen. And when you're fishing 3X tippet, it's, you know, it all of a sudden the hook is the weakest point. Yeah. Um, but there's a happy balance. You need your fly to be buoyant also. So the more steel you have, the stronger the hook, but also the less well it's going to float. So it's a bit of compromise. And if you're tying flies, finding that perfect hook, I think, is, uh, you know, it, it, it needs a lot of consideration. What's your go-to hook? Uh, the Dry Fly Light by RX. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's a cracking hook. Yeah. Like it's, you know, they call it light, but it's not light. It's actually a fairly heavy gauge wire for a dry fly hook. Um, and look, I can get my flies to float really well with that and it's strong as buggery. I've noticed with RX their hooks are a little bit thicker than the others, but yeah. it's kind of nice peace of mind because it yeah. means you're not just going to bust off that. Yeah, massive fish. I strong, strong hook, bigger eye too. Yeah, yeah. easier to easier to. Yeah, thread those on. big eyes are good. Yeah, and when you know you're as rattled as you were the other oh, day on the lake trying oh, to knock that was so bad <laughs> after getting three caught in the fence in a row, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and one in the grass. And, yeah. yeah, I think if you're going to sit down and tie a fly and then sit in a car for two hours and then present that fly to a fish, use the best hooks you could possibly buy. Yeah. Yeah. No point in buying some bulk pack from China that's going to see you out because those they're just going to, yeah. Weak snap hooks, good hooks, I snapped them. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like even, you know, like even the dry fly light by RX will straighten eventually. It's not indestructible. But no. with 3X tippet, you can pull as hard as you can on 3X and, and you won't. So it's, yeah, they're pretty good. Definitely check your hooks uh, every once in a while. Yeah. 
sharpness of hooks too. Mm. And when you pull the hook out of a fish's mouth, like, and particularly if you're doing it with forceps, quite often they come out pretty mangled. So you need to make sure that it's still in fishable shape. Absolutely. Definitely. Maxie, your favourite fly? Well, look, I'm going to go for the obvious, and that's uh, a termite. We've got an amazing fly here called the atomic termite, and it's got that orangey um, sort of body. And it's got, uh, it's, it's reasonably visible, quite visible for a small fly. So I've been caught without those, those types of flies in my fly box during a termite hatch. And you're just not going to catch fish unless you've got something that is uh, a very, very good imitation. Uh, we're having quite a bit of humid weather, cloudy weather. Um, the termite and ant hatches seem to be uh, fairly regular at the moment. So get in there and get some termite. Imitations, cool, Roscoe. Um, I was going to say something very similar to Peter, but the claret shaving brush was the one that did it for me. Yeah, um, just a little bit of high and dry gel just on that deer hair, um, so the rest of it sinking. And yeah, I caught, think I caught probably seven or eight just on that alone. Yeah, Ross won, won the day just quietly. He absolutely <laughs> brained them. Um, but you, were you moving that fly a bit? Yeah, a little bit sometimes, yeah, yeah. Um, I was covering rises and all of a sudden, whoosh, you know, and then it's gone and, and other times I would be kind of slowly stripping it and then, yeah, whoosh, it was gone too. Um, but, yeah, that, that did the damage. Also caught them on the chalk paradun and I snapped a few hooks on the nymph. They seem to just, I don't know, fish for me, I don't know if it's the same for you, but if you catch them on the surface, they don't seem to fight quite as hard as if you get them down deep on a nymph. I don't know if they, because they're starting deeper, They I seem to broke a couple of hooks on the nymph. Maybe it was just a smaller smaller hook or something, but, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. No, I think like once they jump, they're out of the water anyway. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> it. But I think once you hook them down, that first bit, that first section of the run, if they're, you know, three foot under the water and they're already surrounded by water so they can have their full movement of the tail rather if they've come ah, up and grabbed yeah, something. Yeah. And yeah. Like the hit, you mean. The hit, yeah, yeah the initial gotcha. hit. Yeah. yeah, no, that probably makes sense. Um, um, your yeah, favourite? My, my fly of the week. Yeah. So uh, para orange spinner yeah. would be mine. Um, late, later in the hatch, you know, after the, the emerges, uh, it's, um, it's just a fly you've got to have. And, like... I, I, I reckon I'd almost go it over an emerger pattern some days. Like some days you just don't get much of a done hatch and it's, you know, it's the spinners that they're more keyed into, even from sort of 10, 11 a.m. So, um, yeah, I, I had a, a day up uh, Ballarat Way and it was the only fly to use. Um, but the, the parachute version of it always lands the right way up. Fish swim over and eat it like they've been looking for it their whole lives. It's just such a good, natural, realistic imitation of the natural um, so yeah and you and tied a few up last night I did mate yeah yep yep because I want them on those RX dry fly lights I've been forced to dust off the um, you know the fly tying gear and, and tie some up but uh, yeah they, they take me all of about two hours each but <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah um, but no they're, they're bloody good fly uh, definitely fill your fly box with some of those uh, the Bassano ones are good and we've got some some other uh, para orange spinners here at the fly fisher too that are equally, equally good on a barbed hook all right so what have we got coming up uh, well, we mentioned it before, but we've got the Northern Suburbs Fly Fishing Club coming here on Thursday night, and we've got a presentation, some food, and some beers. So we haven't actually done that before, hosted clubs in store. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. Like, you know, we're, we're just going to get pizzas on the night, um, and we've got uh, some presentations planned um, for the club um, for the duration. So, yeah, it'd be really fun to, to host those guys and any other clubs that are wanting to do something similar, we, you know, we'd always be open to the idea. So, um, but yeah, that'll, that'll be good fun. And Ross, you're heading off to Cocos soon. Yeah, I am. Um, next, a week today, um, off to Cocos with um, maybe four, definitely three clients. Um, so, yeah, that should be good. Should be good fun. I'm very looking forward to that. I've been in, this has been in the planning for a long time. So um, Heard any reports from there lately? Yeah, awesome. Yeah. 25 bones a day um, is what <laughs> some of the guys have been. 25? 25 a day it, per person. Shit. Um, also, there's been a lot of tuna around. <laughs> looked like I saw a video. This guy looked like he almost got pulled out of the boat by a tuna <laughs> he had on. So, um, 
Yeah, there's a bit of everything for you there. There's flats wading, there's deeper water bones, there's blue water sailfish and tuna, uh, there's GTs, there's permit. So um, I'm going to give it a good scout around, have a good look and, um, yeah, report back. That'll be fantastic, mate. Uh, Hope you have a bloody good time there. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Um, And what about you, Maxie? You're heading down down the beach. Yeah. Down to Skeens. Yeah, I was going to head to northeast again, but uh, we may get slightly better conditions down south, southwest this uh, this weekend. Is so that at your place or is it booked yeah. out? Well, it was booked out, but uh, the, there was a cancellation. Unfortunately, uh, the guests, uh, there was a death in the family, which is quite sad, and they asked to reschedule. So um, my condolences to them, um, but the house has come available because of that. So Good, mate. I'll take an opportunity to get down there and have a look at the streams, which I haven't, uh, I haven't been there for quite a few months. May even have a look at um, some of the estuaries, depending upon how much water has come down from the systems. But definitely uh, we'll be uh, looking for some trout up there. It looks like it's been pretty good out there. I think Tom Jarman's been doing a bit out there lately, hasn't he? And doing mm, quite Yeah, a he's lot. been cleaning up. Yeah. yeah, he launches his boat, I think, in one of those estuaries and... Oh, I was thinking more of the trout. In yeah, the trout. Those. He's catching oh, yeah? trout. Yeah, in one of the rivers. Oh. On a, on it looks like on his boat. Yeah. Okay, could be the Mary or the Hopkins. Not sure. <laughs> We're watching you, Tom. Buddy <laughs> 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 <Bloody> stalkers. <laughs> um, and you're off to New Zealand, Andrew. Yeah, mate, I am. Yeah, I'll be uh, heading over and catching up with Nick Raygart to um, to fly into a, a helicopter fishing, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's into a Fiordland River with a boat with an inflatable raft and we're going to be rafting our way down the river. Okay. Well, so you helicopter in Heli- and then <laughs> pump the boat up. Yeah, yeah, and then camp it for a few nights on the way down. Mate, what an adventure. Oh, seriously. Yeah, that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. yeah, absolutely awesome. Yeah, so this is in a very remote corner, corner of Fiordland, so it should be um, should be bloody good. Looking forward to it. Hopefully the weather gods are kind. Yeah, that sounds incredible. I'm looking forward to hearing about that one. Sweet. I think that's a good note to leave it on. The other thing we've got coming up oh. too is Mary Jig, our little trip oh, to yeah. Mary Jig. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, we can access Mary Jig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this time. We had, had to cancel. Of weeks we, to. we had to cancel a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, a few nights up there for the Fly Fisher crew and friends, which would be good fun. And, yeah, hopefully Heaps we can have fun. a good look around the, the Delatite and the Hakwa and, um, and catch up with some of our friends up that way too. So, should be good. Nothing planned, Peter? No, not really. Just no more work Queensland trips. No more Queensland No trip. romantic getaway. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for the time being. No, You're too tight to pay for any more <laughs> romantic getaways. No, i got to afford petrol to go fishing. No, I'll probably get out on Friday. The weather looks pretty good, so I'll go have a look around then. Yeah. Cool, mate. And the, the other thing we've got going on, actually, on the 3rd of December is our Learn to Fly Fish Day. So 495 bucks, limited to four anglers. Uh, it's with Karen and Peter Brooks. Um, they're, they're fantastic guides. They've got a really well-structured introductory course uh, planned. So, um, yeah, if you know someone that wants to learn how to fly fish and have been looking for the, the ideal, you know, way to get them into it, well, this is it. So um, sign up to that. That's on the 3rd of December. Sweet. Awesome. Catch you later. Catch you later, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye.